The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. But the thing is, when bad things happen, can God bring good from them? Does God ever want a woman to have breast cancer? No. Does God ever want a marriage to fall apart? No. Does God ever want you to go through bankruptcy and wonder where you're ever going to make a future? No. But can God bring something from that? Absolutely. Sheila Walsh, next on Life Today. Hi, welcome to Life Today. I'm Sheila Walsh, and I'm so glad that you've, you've taken time to join us today. And thank you, too, for the number of you who will leave little comments on our Facebook page here at Life or on Instagram. We really we appreciate it, and we'd love to hear from you. And one of the things I wanted to say is, if there's ever something that you think, Sheila, I wish you would talk about this, let me know. You can follow me on Facebook at Sheila Walsh Connects. I think that's what it is. But if there's something you think, you know what, I'm struggling with this question. I don't understand this. Then let me know and I'll be glad to do a little research and study and, and we can look at that together. You know, one of the recent shows, I talked about the fact that just as physical storms throw up debris on the shoreline, emotional and spiritual storms do too. They throw up all sorts of debris on the shoreline of our hearts. One of the issues that many of us as women struggle with is insecurity. You know, feeling like you're not enough. Feeling like I'm gonna vote myself off the island before you vote me off the island. And the thing is, emotions are not logical. One of my friends, Marilyn Meberg, says, emotions do not have brains. Because sometimes people say, well, why would you be insecure? You look fine and everything's great, but it's not a logical thing. So take the emotions we feel and then add in the fact that we have an enemy about whom we know two things. We know that he is a liar and we know that he's an accuser. If we don't know what to do when a storm hits, we're getting pulled under. Um, one of my friends said something that is profoundly true for me, and I'm not gonna quote it exactly, but this is what Beth Moore said. Jesus saved my life but the word of God saved my mind. I so get that. When I found myself um, struggling with chronic depression, the one thing that absolutely saved me was being able to read the word of God. The only way to trade the chaos of what we're feeling for the truth of who we actually are is to know who we are in Christ. We basically have to replace every accusation from the enemy with a declaration from the power of the Word of God. Well, recently, I've been studying the book of Esther. Now, most of us know that very famous verse. It's probably the only thing we can quote from Esther. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Have you ever asked the Lord what that really means for you, not just for Esther way back then, but, but for you at this time in your life. The book of Esther gives us a crystal clear picture of what it looks like to move from the position of victim to victor in Christ. 
even though Esther is one of only two books of the Bible where God's name is never mentioned. Have you ever noticed that? Not at all in Esther, all in Song of Solomon. But his fingerprints, the fingerprints of God are everywhere. Now, if you don't know the story, let me give you a kind of brief overview. Esther is a young Jewess whose parents are dead, and she's being raised by her older cousin, Mordecai, in Persia, which we know as modern-day Iran. And basically what's happening is that the king wants to find a new wife, so they gather all these girls together, these young teenage girls. It's kind of like the first episode of The Bachelor, and unfortunately, Esther got the only rose. And up until that point in her story, it's really tempting to see Esther as a victim. I mean, she had no choice about being rounded up like cattle and dragged off to the palace. She was married now to the king, but they lived very separate lives. She was married to the most powerful man on the planet, but in many ways, her life felt insignificant. At that point, the, the king's reign was over 127 provinces from India all the way to Ethiopia. But for Esther, she was just a little girl, far, far away from home. The king's second in command is a very evil man and he hates God's people. He basically demands worship. He sees himself as a mini God. So his thing is, if, you, if I am walking and I walk past you, you bow down and worship. Well, Esther's guardian, Mordecai, refuses to bow to him, and Haman is furious, and he comes up with a plot to have every Jew under the king's authority executed. Not just Mordecai. He is asking for every Jew to be executed. Do you realize what that would mean? Every Jew alive. This would exterminate the line that Christ would come from. That's why I say that, um, that his, it's more than evil. It was an absolutely demonic plan. So when Mordecai hears of what's about to happen, he sends Esther a message to the palace, basically saying, you need to go and see the king and talk on our behalf. Tell him what the plot is. Tell him what's going to happen. And she's terrified. She says, I can't. It's against the law to go to the king without being summoned. What you're asking is just too hard. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place not where, you know, you're being asked to go to a palace and confront a king, but just when you're in a place where you feel like what God is asking of you is just too difficult? I have. I mean, my father's brain injury always felt like I was living on stolen time. When we don't know what to do with our pain, we hide. You know, mine was ministry. I really believed that if your own father could seem to hate you, there has to be something really wrong with you. And when you feel like there's something wrong with you, you try to find a place to hide. You know, some people would use drugs or alcohol. Mine was much more difficult to detect. I hid in ministry. You know, it looked good on the outside but God's the only one who knows whether we're serving out of passion or pain. You know, when I eventually fell apart, I remember standing by the ocean, um, knowing that I would drive that night to a psychiatric hospital. And even though I thought that 
So many people who had watched me in the days and weeks previous thought that I was fine, that I was just kind of waving and carrying on. And I, I wanted to say, I'm not, I'm not waving, I'm drowning. So let's go back to Esther. What happened in her life to transform her from a victim to a victor? Well, Mordecai, who's such a godly man and he loves her, but he made it clear to Esther that if she would not speak up for her people, God would find someone else. And then we have that well-loved verse, Esther 4, 14. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. There's a writer called Major Ian Thomas, and he wrote this marvelous little book on Esther. And this is how he put it, and I love this. You stand upon the threshold of that destiny for which you have been chosen and prepared. And if you choose right, then this can be your greatest hour. On the other hand, if you choose wrong, throwing all back into God's face to, to preserve your own life, you will lose it. But if you are prepared to lose your life for God's sake, you will find it. This is your hour of destiny. Choose wisely. Wow. So Esther sent a message back to Mordecai, and this is what she said. Go and gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days and three nights. My young women and I will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So what had happened in Esther's life to shift her? I think it's interesting that she fasted for three days and nights. Does it sound familiar? That Christ on the cross, three days and nights? Esther learned the profound lesson that the one who seeks to save their own life will lose it, but the one who loses their life for the kingdom of God will find it. Here's what I think is significant. Esther died to herself before she ever went to see the king. Until you and I are willing to leave all the consequences to God, we might celebrate the resurrection, but we are not living in its power. You know, there's outrageous freedom in obedience. There's no more issues to face, only instructions to be obeyed. I can almost picture her going in there that day. If I perish, I perish. It's really hard to scare a dead woman. That was kind of what had happened in Esther's life, this total surrender to the will of God. You know, in Revelation 12, verse 11, we read this, the accuser has been thrown down and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the power of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. So here's what I believe. I believe that God is raising up an army of ragtag believers like me and you who are tired of listening to the devil's no and are absolutely committed to listening to God's yes. I love this verse from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 3.16, no, 31.6, I believe. Be strong 
and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for it is the Lord who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So we tuck God's word deep in our hearts. We teach our children the word of God. When you find yourself in a really tough place and you have a huge decision to make, fast and pray, follow Esther's example. Jesus said when the disciples tried to heal someone and they, they couldn't do it and they went to Jesus and said, I don't know what we did wrong, but it didn't work. He said, some of these things only come out by fasting. Because here's what I want to ask you. I want you to think about this. Who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. One of the things I believe God is doing in our nation and around the world, I have the privilege of traveling to the UK, to South Africa, to Australia, all sorts of different places and speaking in different churches. And as much as I enjoy speaking, I enjoy just taking everything in, watching God move through people. And so often, you know, we get to know a few names, the people who are on the platform. But I, I love to get to hang with the people who are quietly serving God, who are giving their lives away, whether anybody notices or not. Insecurity is such a, an interesting thing because it came out of the very first lie ever spoken on planet Earth. When Satan said to Adam and Eve, did God really say that you would die if you ate this fruit? And because they chose to believe the lie, because basically what he was saying to them was, you know what, God knows that if you eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like him. What he was saying is, God's holding out on you. If you want to be like him, then why don't you take that fruit? See, that was the first lie. And we fell for it. And sometimes we've been falling for his lies ever since. But here's what I want to remind you of. A couple of things that the enemy is not. He is not um, omnipresent. You know, I, I love the fact that I'm sitting here in a studio in Texas and you might be watching from anywhere, but God is with both of us at this moment. You know, God by his Holy Spirit is with his church. He's with those who are in prison in China. He's with people who are struggling in Africa. He's with all of us because God can be with all of us. Satan cannot. He is only one fallen angel. Now he does have his forces, but he can't be with, he can only be in one place at a time. But here's the part I love so much more. He is not omniscient. Now God is, to be omniscient means that you know all things. The Psalmist David talked about that in Psalm 139. He said, Lord, before I thought it's even in my mind, you know it, but the enemy does not. So what he will do is he will throw a lie at us and wait to see if we believe it. Imagine yourself, if you will, like say you're standing at the top of stairs going down into a cellar. And I'll give you an example from my own life. Uh, a few months ago, a friend had asked me to come out and speak at uh, one of her events in California. And I'd had pneumonia and I was getting over it. I felt better and I thought, well, I've made a commitment. I want to go. So I flew out and I woke up the following morning and I really didn't feel good at all. So I'm standing looking at myself in the hotel bathroom mirror, which is always a huge mistake. But here comes the first lie. You've got nothing to give to these people today. 
Now, if I buy into that, I'm one step further down the cellar. Then comes the next thing. You know, Sheila, you're just gonna make yourself sicker and sicker just by being here. You made a bad mistake. If I buy into that, I'm one step further down. And the lies keep coming and we keep believing them, then before you know it, we're right at the bottom in the cellar. But what I love to do is to counter the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. So in, on that morning, as I looked at my sorry self in the mirror, and first comes this lie, you've got nothing to give these people. You can't do this. I planted my feet down on that bathroom floor and I said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The antidote to insecurity is the presence of Christ. So often we live in a world of comparison. You know, if you're flipping through social media and you see this one perfect moment in somebody's life where they've managed to get all their children to sit down and be quiet and you think, I'm a terrible mother. My children never sit like that. Probably their children don't either. They probably super glued their high knees to the, to the sofa. The thing is that, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, we look at what we think is a perfect life. But the truth is, every single one of us struggle. We all have issues. But here's what I'm discovering at this stage. I mean, I was 11 when I gave my life to Christ. This year, I will turn 63. I can't believe that. If I lived in Scotland in two years, I would get a bus pass. But the thing that I've learned over all these years is if I want to find myself, I find myself in the presence of Christ. Now, you might be 16 watching this, or you might be 96, but if you still have a pulse, there's not a white chalk mark around your body. It's not too late to discover who you really are in Christ. You know, when Esther was just a little girl, dragged out of her, her lovely uncle's home and taken into a palace, thrown into a world she knew nothing about, did God want that for a young girl? No. But the thing is, when bad things happen, can God bring good from them? Does God ever want a woman to have breast cancer? No. Does God ever want a marriage to fall apart? No. Does God ever want you to go through bankruptcy and wonder where you're ever going to make a future? No. But can God bring something from that? Absolutely. If you find yourself in a tough spot, I pray just as Esther did, you will pray your way through it and find your destiny is in Christ. And now I want to share with you something that is very, very close to my heart. Um, I want to introduce you to a grandma and then I want to tell you how you and I can actually kind of sit down beside her and make a difference in her life. Would you watch this? Recorded history tells us one of the critical factors in determining where people decided to settle was access to water. That criteria is still used today. Unfortunately, for hundreds of thousands of people around the globe, this decision can have deadly consequences. Each day, as Antoinette returns to a small stream to collect water, it serves as a reminder of the deaths of her grandchildren. She told our team that one grandchild died at a clinic where she had taken him, and by the time she returned home, her other grandchild had died as well. 
The pain of losing her grandchildren once brought her thoughts of suicide, but somehow Antoinette is still able to hope for a better life. We can turn Antoinette's plea of if she can get clean water into when by drilling a well that provides her and her village the gift of life, fresh, clean drinking water. I can't imagine as a grandmother the pain that that must be. So let me ask you something. What if she lived right next door to you and you discovered that her children um, had no water? Don't you think you would be over there absolutely immediately providing for her, saying, hey, look, we've got this, you don't have to worry. Well, now, through the wonder of television and everything, we can actually sit down with her and say, you know what? We can be an answer to your prayer. I mean, for her, it's almost like a dream too big to imagine that there actually would be clean drinking water. But we can do it. I mean, I love this. This is a problem we can fix. There are some problems in the world that are so overwhelming. We think, God, only you would know what to do. But this is something you and I can do. So it's our commitment here at Life to put in 400 wells this year. Now, this is our last week to make sure that we get, we've told our partners on the ground, we will come back, we will share the stories and, and we will come back to you with great news. So they're waiting to hear from us. So here's how we can do this. If, um, if you could commit $48, do you know that that would actually provide clean drinking water for 10 people? 144 would provide clean drinking water for 30 people for life. Now, if you're able to say, you know what, I actually would like to put a well in myself, you can do that for $4,800. That's not really much when you think that will give, like if there's a thousand people in a village, that will give them clean water for their life. So please, please let's do this. You know, we've told our friends there that our God's boots on the ground will come back and we'll share the need and we'll share the story. And, and I know, and if you're somebody who's responded in the past, thank you so much, but let's do it again. Let's all do it again. So would you go to your phone? Would you dial that number on your screen? Would you give the very best gift possible? It would be lovely if you could do it together as a family. Maybe ask your children, hey, do you all want to chip in a little bit from your allowance? What a beautiful thing to be able to think that we have answered the prayer of a grandmother on the other side of the world, praying that she will not lose any more grandchildren or that her village will not lose any more children. This is something that you and I can do. And this is our last week. So please go to your phone, make the very best gift possible. Let's be an answer to the prayers of those who have so little, but all they're asking for is clean water. You and I can do that. Please go to your phone, make the best gift you can. Thank you. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what else can she do? 
With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 400 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the New Mercies Each Day Desk Calendar. This 17-month calendar will not only help you keep track of important dates, but also remind you of the Father's love and goodness with scripture quotes and encouragement from all the hosts on Life Today. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. This beautiful and decorative ceramic bowl features scripture revealing the fruit of the Spirit, a lovely addition to your table or home. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and you may request our Safe in the Shepherd's Arms bronze sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. I mean, I put my hand on this water and a couple of inches in and it disappears. This water is, oh gosh, it's absolutely filthy. That's why there's such, I mean, this is not something that we can wait for another week, another month. This, this is all they have today. This is all this mom and these two girls and all these villagers and hundreds of villages around Africa are like. They need clean water. And one well, one water well will last their whole lifetime and it will change their life. So many of these children die because of waterborne diseases. I mean, you just have to look at it. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't let my dogs drink out of this. This is horrible but we can make a difference. Would you go to your phone right now and just do whatever you can? Can you imagine if you couldn't, if this was all you had to give to your children? I can't imagine that. So go to your phone, call that number on your screen, go online, give the best gift, just whatever you have. If you've got a lot, give a lot. If you've got a little, give what you can, but whatever you give will bring water for life for these families. Thank you so much. If the phone lines are busy, please write down the numbers. Please keep calling. Let's determine that this week, we are gonna finish this mission of putting 400 water wells in villages in 15 nations. And for any gift at all, we have this beautiful little desk calendar called New Mercies Each Day. And it's got beautiful scriptures and motivational things, inspirational quotes. And for a gift of $100 or more, we'll send you this beautiful bowl, fruit bowl, with the fruit of the Spirit around it, a daily reminder. That, that when we love the Lord, that the fruit that's produced in our life makes us want to reach out and touch other people too. I know you don't do it for the gifts, but we just, it's our way, it's just from James and Betty, from their hearts, just their way of saying, thank you so much for caring. And I want to thank you for being with us. I'm Sheila Walsh, and I'll see you next time on Life Today.
Dr. Don Colbert and his wife Mary show you the most effective way to burn fat, balance hormones, and lose weight by getting into the Keto Zone tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.